Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. Our team's excited to go to Alabama. They they are playing extremely well defensively, uh, swarming to the football. Really physical group up front. Defensive ends are outstanding. Offensively, I think Milrow is leading the team exceptionally and well. They've got a couple of running backs that are really, really good. It's a huge challenge for us. And our kids are excited to go to Alabama and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We won't go in attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Two hours down, one hour to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been an easy Friday show, getting you ready for the weekend. And we know Arkansas and Alabama is, a, we'll call it a big game. It's one that Arkansas has not had much success in, obviously. And Alabama is a team that has had their own set of struggles, but still sitting at 5-1. and one. And the number 11 team in the country, Arkansas is going to try to find some sort of way to go into Tuscaloosa and knock off the Crimson Tide, but it's not going to be easy. So let's learn a little bit more about the Alabama Crimson Tide as we go ahead and welcome in our guy Ryan Fowler of Tide 100.9. All right, we're joined by a very special guest here on Out of Bounds today as we preview Arkansas and Alabama coming up in Tuscaloosa at 11 a.m. Central Time tomorrow morning. And it is Ryan Fowler of Tide 100.9 there in Tuscaloosa. And Ryan, it's good to talk to you once again, man. How you doing this afternoon? Hey, it's good to be on. It's good to be on with you guys. Breakfast at Bryant Diddy Stadium. Uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but we're a little bit irritated at the way that the SEC just bows over to the uh, the bureaucrats at ESPN. Uh, wherever they want to put you, and if they want to play at seven thirty in the morning or seven thirty at night or one a.m. in the morning. TV executives run college football, so homecoming at 11 a.m. in Tuscaloosa. That means the parade lineup, which I'm not in the parade, will start at 5 a.m., the lineup for the parade. So people that are part of the homecoming parade, it's going to be a long day in Tuscaloosa. Well, I think Razorback fans can probably relate because next weekend against Mississippi State in Fayetteville, Arkansas's 11 a.m. game is also homecoming. So, Ooh. yeah, it's uh, a little bit different. But it makes sense for Arkansas, for Bama, not so much because we know Alabama is Alabama. And once again, they're having a, a solid year. I know they had the loss to Texas. But we'll start with just what Bama has done so far this year, Ryan. The expectation is always to win a national championship, always with the Tusca- in Tuscaloosa. So with the year halfway through, how it's gone, how's the feeling of Alabama fans right now? Are they still feeling great? Hey, still championship team? Are there major concerns? Just what's the vibe right now in Tuscaloosa? All right, let's go back to last week. If I can walk you back prior to Texas A&M. These guys were down in the dumps. They were not feeling good about Alabama. They didn't like Alabama to do anything. You know, it was more of a survival, right? Just go to Texas A&M and survive to win, to play another game. That Texas A&M game has given them a complete 180, okay? From where they were going, now they feel like that they have a chance to compete for a championship. And really, to be honest with you, I think they do. When you look at that defense, if that defense could continue to play the way that they have played so far, and Kevin Steele has changed that defense, just the mentality when you think about, um, you know, that just their overall, the fundamentals that were not a part of last year's team on defense, this defense is just playing much different with a lot of different confidence. The offense has had some growing pains. I mean, when you replace Bryce Young, 
you look at the wide receivers, it's probably not been a strength for Alabama. The offensive line, you know, I feel embarrassed uh, because we told the audience throughout the summer that this offensive line was going to be a strength. It's been a weakness. I mean, th- this offensive line, um, you know, they need like an NIL deal from like Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers. I mean, they're overweight. They're, they're just sloppy. I mean, I'm, I'm not being mean, but that offensive line has not been a strength for Alabama. We thought it would be. So, I mean, I know we're sitting here complaining about a team that's only lost one game and has everything in front of them, but this team has not played up to the Alabama standard. They have for certain parts of the game, but they haven't been able to do it for all four quarters. This will be a game that, you know, that they're a heavy favorite against Arkansas. Uh, but will they put it all together, or will there be moments? Because you'll watch this Alabama team. They'll go to sleep on you for a quarter or maybe two quarters, and then they'll wake up and they look like a championship-caliber team. That part has been frustrating for a lot of Alabama fans. So, yeah, take me through that, because I think that with everyone knows like the expectation and everything, you mentioned the offensive line, which Arkansas's, without doubt, their biggest weakness is the offensive line, which is crazy to think Sam Pittman, I feel like there would always be good offensive lines, but – is that the one thing that's keeping Alabama from being that team that everyone's expecting? Is it just the offensive line, the biggest issue? Or are there a lot of other issues, too, that maybe teams can exploit to try to if they keep the game close or maybe even pull off an upset win? Yeah, I think the tackles are – they've given up some pressure. Even J.C. Latham, who is projected to be a you know early pick in the upcoming you know NFL draft, or at least a guy that will get consideration for an early draft pick, but when you look at the, the left tackle has been really the problem. They're still subbing in guys on that offensive line. I mean, we're talking about six games in. You're at the midpoint or beyond or will be the beyond the midpoint. And they're still trying to figure out which five are the best offensive line combination. That doesn't happen a lot in Tuscaloosa. Now, injuries can lead you into certain ways. But this Alabama team on offensive line side – pre-snap penalties. I mean, look at last week. They had 14 penalties. Nine of those were pre-snap. So, and this offense is not built to go, you know, like third and 15 or second and 15. They they cannot be in those predictable downs. They've got at least, you know, pick up positive yards on first down, make it second and seven, second and six, where you're not as predictable. But the penalties have really made them be predictable. You know, it's third and 15. Well, everybody in the stadium knows what you're going to try to do. So this offensive line, it, it's just not been up to par. I think Tyler Booker has been pretty solid. But even things like snapping the football, Seth McLaughlin, I don't know if it's on the quarterback or if it's on the center. And, and I'm probably a combination of the two. But the snaps have not been solid. I mean, they've had a lot of bobbled snaps uh, this season. So wide receivers, not where they need to be, offensive line. And really, I think when you look at running backs, they got production out of the, out of the running backs, but not what you thought it would be. So this team, to be at 6-1, and one, probably lucky a little bit, but I think uh, there's a lot more ceiling to go. It, and I've said it before, and you can record this, or you can play it in January when I'm right or wrong. If this team can clean up their mistakes – and they could take Texas A&M and grow upon the game at, you know, where Milrow went for over 300 yards. It was the best game of his career as far as throwing football. If they can do that, this team could be a team that could be sitting at the end, you know, competing for a championship. And if they get it all together, I've watched college football. I, I don't see a dominant team out there that on any given Saturday can't be beat. So if this Alabama team, if they could tie it all together – this team could be a team that could, could compete for a championship, but uh, they could also be a team that loses games that they're not supposed to lose. Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, if they'll lose to Arkansas um, or Tennessee, but LSU coming to town, got to go to Kentucky on the road. Uh, and then when you go to Lee County down in Auburn, you never know what to expect down there. I mean, they got we call it Voodoo Stadium for us because you just don't ever know. But, but this Alabama team has got a lot of, to a lot of work to do uh, to, to live up to an Alabama-type team, a top football team. 
Speaking with Ryan Fowler of Tide 100.9 there in Tuscaloosa, previewing Arkansas and Alabama. Well, you mentioned Arkansas, and uh, Razorback fans, you know, <laughs> they're 2-4. and four. They're not happy. They're upset, and they want things changed. But it is crazy to think that Arkansas has go, is going to go over a full month without playing at home. So this is the final game wow. uh, on, on the stretch of road games, and Arkansas has also not beaten Alabama since the George Bush administration. So it's been a long time. And looking at this, in particular, and when you look at Arkansas, I know you're not expecting Arkansas to win, and I don't even think Razorback fans are expecting Arkansas to win, but if Arkansas was to win, is there something about them, the matchup, is it K.J. Jefferson, is there something about Arkansas that you could see and say, okay, if Alabama doesn't watch this or take care of this, then it could be an upset in Tuscaloosa. You know, I was actually going to go real quick to see if I could find some college football stats. Uh, Where are you guys at when we talk about turnover margin? It's uh, actually, they're actually like number one in the SEC in turnover margin. All right. Well, there you go. There's a <laughs> recipe. I was actually looking up that right now. So, uh, yeah, Arkansas sitting here with the 11 total gains. Wow. Okay. Well, there, there's your recipe right there. Uh, let's say Alabama, because Alabama's not the team that can walk out. Let's say they give three interceptions, and they've been known to throw interceptions. They've been known to fumble the football. We talked about the bad snaps just a couple of minutes ago. Let's say Alabama goes into this game, and which, by the way, Alabama's not one of the better teams in turnover margin. Uh, Alabama's, uh, well, they're actually improved a little bit after after last week, uh, but they were, they were near the bottom or, or middle of the pack in the SEC. So they're at 36 in the country. But, but last week was, you know, kind of skewed the numbers a little bit. So let's say Alabama walks into this game and they give three interceptions to Arkansas. They give them, you know, three chances to, to do some special things there. Then, then I think that's where that game, you know, could really become a, the second-half game that could probably go into the third quarter. And Alabama's just not a team. You know, when I look at 19-and-a-half points, I'm, I'm just not sure Alabama's going to beat anybody uh, by that number. That's a big number for an SEC team, for the way that Alabama, but Alabama's been sloppy. So, yeah, I know Vegas may be pumped up at Alabama playing College Station, you know, Texas A&M out there, their best game so far. But still, they only won 26-20. to 20. Uh, So, yeah, it's a good win on the road, but I think Alabama fans are kind of looking for a confirmation. I don't know if I if I like Alabama to cover this spread. I, I just think it's a, uh, you know, it's 11 o'clock start. We already heard Nick Saban kind of talking about the maybe the lack of focus. He did that nothing speech. I'm sure you guys have probably uh, heard about that. But, uh, you know, did some sports psychology as he always likes to do. But, uh, yeah, when you look at this Alabama football team, give, give Arkansas three turnovers and K.J. Jefferson, they could put some points on. And, you know, you also want to keep my eye on Malachi Moore. Will he be able to go – in this game, that that'll be another big part of that, you know, defensive side of the football because he's kind of the glue uh, that that held that secondary together. Well, and it's crazy. Like we're looking at the numbers and, and the rankings, and I'm not saying that Arkansas and Alabama are identical, but there are so many things. Like for instance, uh, scoring offense. You know, Arkansas. I was kind of shocked to see this, but Arkansas is eighth in the SEC in scoring offense. Bama's ninth. I mean, they're really close. In fact, Arkansas is 31.3 points per game. Alabama is 31.2. So you're talking about 0.1 difference between scoring offense. And then even in total offense, Arkansas is dead last, which is frustrating for Razorback fans. But, uh, you know, Alabama's 12th. You got penalties, you know, is another thing. Arkansas has been one of the most penalized teams in the SEC. But Alabama has been very much penalized. Uh, same thing with sacks. They're pretty close. Sacks allowed, very close. So there's a lot of fam- like similarities, and that's where it comes into thing, Ryan, which I think, of course, Alabama's defense is much more superior than Arkansas's uh, defense, even though it is improved from last year. I look at it as this might be a low-scoring game like, just because of both. It, something's got to give, though. Something's going to have to give between these two where either Alabama's offense or Arkansas's offense is going to have a breakthrough because I, I would be hard-pressed to think this game ends in 13-10, to 10, but I feel like one of these offenses are probably going to, to break through. Probably Alabama just more so because of being the home game and them being a much more talented team. But that's the thing that really stood out to me is just how statistically there's a lot of similarities. Well, trust me, we've watched that sacks allowed because Alabama's one of the worst teams in the country in protecting the quarterback, and they give up a bunch of sacks. What's Arkansas like on pressuring the quarterback? Are they 
um, as far as getting to the quarterback. Is that a is that a pretty decent number for them? Yeah, it, it's been okay. It's it's not been elite, but I think. Uh, Let's see uh, if they're if you're talking about sacks. Uh, Arkansas is fifth in the SEC at, at averaging f- uh, two point seven sacks a game, and Alabama's at uh, I'm making a third in the SEC at three point seven. So Arkansas's not bad, but they're not. Uh, they're like it's mainly been the, the Ole Miss game helped them out a lot. I think that they they got to Jackson Dart a bit, but still they're not a bad team team at getting to the quarterback. Well, trust me. There's some money to be made at getting the quarterback here, okay? I promise you. Uh, you watch. I don't, I don't know what the, the total sacks, uh, the high for the ceiling so far has been for this year, but just, just mark me down. They will probably reach that mark, if not go over it Saturday, because Alabama can give up some sacks, man. And, I mean, listen, that's one thing about Jalen Milrow. He is a tough son of a gun, man. He can take some hits. Did you see that hit he took against Texas A&M? Yeah. I mean, it was like – and some of that was on him for reading. Uh, you know, he didn't read the hot blitz. But, I mean, he took a bam. I mean, it, it was a knock your breath out. And if you go back and look, he's taken quite a few of those. Uh, Ole Miss got him a couple of weeks ago when he threw the, the touchdown to Jalen Hale. But Texas got him a ton. This guy has been sacked quite a bit. And a lot of that is not on him. A lot, I mean, some of it is. But a lot of that's on that offensive line. That offensive line, you know, us in the media business, we're not supposed to admit that we're wrong. We were wrong. We were bad wrong. And I know there's even people that wrote bigger predictions than I'm writing on that offensive line. I thought that would be the strength of this team. And it's really been the weakness. I just don't know how we missed it so bad. Because when I look at this group, I'm telling you, man, they are an NIL check away from being Jenny. Craig, it, it is there. Look at them on Saturday when you see them. That they just don't look like an offensive line that's in shape. And I mean, I'm sure this will probably make it back to the football building. But uh, <laughs> that offensive line is just—they're just not what you thought they would be. I mean, we thought that that would be a strength of this team. And who knows? Maybe they found confidence against uh, Texas A&M. But to be fair, Tommy Reese is not used this offense to really gain a lot of confidence. So so maybe the Texas A&M game from an Alabama perspective, maybe one of those that it kind of gets back on track when you look at this offense, but uh, maybe he's, you know, balance is the key. To me, it's not about passing. It's not about rushing. It's about the balance attack. Can you balance attack? Can you keep a defensive coordinator guessing? And I think that will be the, you know, the real question uh, to, to get past this game, to get past Tennessee, and then the bye week, clean some things up and get ready for you know that last month of the season. Yeah, again, it's it's amazing. Like some of the stuff you bring up, it seems so relatable to Arkansas fans because the offensive line. Uh, I don't think anybody was saying it would be the strength of this team, but it was about hey, you got Sam Piven as your head coach. Sure. I like, feel like every single time, you know, it's going to the offensive line is going to be great. And I'm not saying it's all on the offensive line because I think that, uh, you know, some offensive changes have been there, but it's definitely been, you know, you know, it starts up front. If you don't have a good offensive line, none of it matters. Like it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is or how good your wide receivers are or running backs. If you don't have a good offensive line in front of you, uh, it, it's going to fail. And one of those uh, people that's getting a lot of flack for this is Arkansas's new offense coordinator, Dan Enos, who's been at Arkansas before, has come back. He was also at Alabama before for, for a short stint, as we all know. But uh, what did you make of him in, in, his, in his short period of time there uh, in Alabama? I know it was a weird exit, but uh, just what did you make of him as far as uh, a coordinator and also a quarterback's coach? But trust me, we go through as many coaches. I'm trying to think of what year he was here in Tuscaloosa. I'm looking it up right now. But um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was only the quarterback coach. If I'm, yeah, yeah, he you, was you, 2018. Yeah, he was the quarterback coach, and I think he took over to be the OC for the for the playoff game or for the championship game or something like that. I feel like uh, maybe it was when Sark left, and then he came in. I, again, I'm I'm having to remember. I just know that he was there for a short period of time, and I yeah, he was sure only he was, here for one year, one year, 2018. Yeah. Um, see, I'm trying to think. Let's see, 2017 Alabama won the national title. 2018 was a was a great year. It was actually a record-setting kind of year. Um, I think that was the year that um, I think Tua 
Uh, did he get hurt? No, maybe that was 2019. Right, listen, we float in coaches. We change coaches like people change underwear down here. So, <laughs> And really, the, I don't know if you guys do this in Arkansas, but we don't get a chance to talk with the assistant coaches. Do you guys get that at all? Only like during the uh, preseason, and that's it, but never during the season. Okay, and we don't even get the position coaches. We only get the coordinator. So if you're not a, a coordinator, we don't even get a chance to talk with you. So uh, that was to really – I just don't know if I have a fair opinion. I do remember there was a transition that was weird. I think maybe he wanted the head coach – or excuse me, the offensive coordinator job. And did they give it to um, – Maybe it was Mike Loxley uh, there because Brian Dable won the 2017. And so he stayed around in 2018. No, that would have been Mike yeah. Loxley there. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to yeah. think, but there was a it was a weird situation that he departed. I just forget exactly what that was for. But uh, yeah, cause I, Dan I, Eno seems to stay off email, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's what, that's what I uh, was looking up. It was apparently after Mike Loxley left for Maryland is when he was supposed to step into that role. Uh, and he didn't get it. He didn't get it. And they, then they, because they went to Sark, right? Didn't they go to Sark? Uh, trying to think if they brought him back or if he, maybe that was 2020. I'm telling you, man, they changed mm-hmm. so many coaches down here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like every season you lose three or four guys, but yeah, um, it, it, I didn't hear any bad things about him. If that's a good thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's when he went to, uh, went to Miami because you became the offensive coordinator, I believe at Miami right after that. Uh, but yeah, there was some weird stuff going on there too, but it just kind of, and there was also the Josh Gaddis too. There was a Josh Gaddis in there too, that left and went to Michigan there. And I think he wanted the job too. So, uh, listen, man, I'm telling you, I I can't even keep track. Uh, I'm, I'm doing good to look at 2023 when you look at the float and the coaches, but I do know that, the jury's still out on Tommy Reese, but Kevin Steele, Alabama fans are pretty happy on the defensive side of the ball for him. But uh, uh, don't know a lot about Dan Enos other than that one year. And like I said, I'm not even sure his impact. Uh, but we did have good quarterback play then. But uh, yeah, uh, Tua Tagovailoa had a great season, and you know a lot of different things uh, that were set. And, uh, but I don't don't know a lot about him. But my only advice would be to Dan. Don't respond to emails. Do not respond. I mean, we know that in the business, right? Uh, John, I mean, we get emails all the time, and we just say thank you for the kind words, even though they're probably not not very kind. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm just so we can clarify for everybody who's listening, they're like, what are we talking about? So I got the story now of Danny Nussin leaving Alabama. Here's what the whole deal was. Um, it said uh, that he didn't get the coordinator role with the, the Crimson Tide, but he was – uh, tasked with coaching one of the most loaded quarterback rooms in college football with Hertz and Mac Jones and Tua and everything. And it also looks like uh, it said Saban was so impressed by how Enos handled everything that he promoted him to offensive coordinator when Mike Loxley left to become the co- coach at Maryland. But it says uh, the report by Athletics Bruce Feldman claimed that Enos randomly didn't show up to a staff meeting one morning when the legendary Nick Saban asked his staff where the bleep is Dan. And it turned out that he left Tuscaloosa to go be the Miami coach. And an anonymous source said he moved out like the Colts is, is what was uh, done. But Enos disputed that and said that he never did that. But that was the story of what happened is that he just didn't show up one morning. And uh, Nick Saban was, was hacked, even though he promoted him to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Yeah, that's not uh, the only body that was allowed to miss meetings and, and not have a valid excuse was Lane Kiffin. Th- those were, <laughs> listen, I heard this all the time that Lane would be uh, uh, absent from those meetings. So that's a, and they meet at seven fifteen every morning, regardless season, off season, Christmas time. It doesn't matter. Seven fifteen, they have a staff meeting, and uh, that's the part that you've heard these coaches talk about how Nick Saban coaches his coaches up, and you know how Kirby Smart would say that. You know, we would literally hold hands because, you know, they, they felt the Nick Saban wrath of, of just, you know, getting him uh, uh, at, at a pretty pretty uh, crazy thing. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I, like I said, I vaguely remember that, but since you said it, I, it kind of brings up some memories. But uh, we've had a lot of coaches that have left here kind of ironic. I mean, the peak holding departure from last year where Nick Saban was hoping that he would stay. 
I don't know what all that was about because I think he was the worst defensive coordinator in Tuscaloosa. So <laughs> sometimes these coaches' departures, and sometimes they're kind of like planned. They like, they try to pretend like they're unplanned, but it's kind of like they're pushing uh, out the door and uh, thanks but no thanks type thing. But uh, a lot of coaches come through T-Town. Well, last one before I let you get out of here, Ryan. I appreciate you joining us. Just your overall prediction of what the game is. I mean, you can say a score or whatever, but just how do you feel like this game goes between Arkansas and Alabama and Tuscaloosa at 11 a.m.? Yeah, I thought Alabama got back on track against Texas A&M, and I know we've talked about this. Um, no, I think Alabama gets back and, and continues what they were able to accomplish last year. When when you look at this, excuse me, last week against Texas A&M, I think that team was – they found confidence uh, there. And I think they'll build up on that. I don't know if I like Alabama to cover the spread. You know, maybe 35 to 17, something like that. Vegas is usually pretty close. But I could see this game being a lot closer. I don't think it's a fourth quarter game. But, listen, Alabama, you don't know what Alabama team is going to show up. So that's my question is which Alabama team is going to show up. I do like Alabama to win. I'm not really sure I like Alabama to cover. Ryan Fowler, you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan C. Fowler. He is of Tide 100.9 there in Tuscaloosa. Ryan, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the game this weekend. Hopefully it's not too early for you, and it'll be a fun one. Hopefully that keeps it entertaining, but uh, should be should be interesting. But have a great weekend, man, and enjoy the rest of the season, all right? Hey, absolutely. Breakfast at Bryant Diddy Stadium. It's always great to be able to talk with you. Thank you, John. Anytime, man. Appreciate it. True Service Community Federal Credit Union presents your Razor Hog update every day on Out of Bounds. Save money with aggressive rates on your next auto loan with True Service online at trueservice.net. Arkansas takes on 11th ranked Alabama tomorrow at 11 a.m. Coverage will start on the buzz at 7 a.m. with the Hogwild Game Day Show. Thanks to Mud Connections, stay tuned after the game for the first security fifth quarter postgame show. Central Arkansas hosts Stephen F. Austin and Conway. Kickoff for that game is set for 4 p.m. Coverage will start at 3 on the point 94.1. And there are four ranked matchups nationally this weekend in college football. 7th ranked Washington will host 8th ranked Oregon at 2.30 on ABC. 21st ranked Notre Dame will host 10th ranked USC at 6.30 on NBC. 12th ranked North Carolina will host 25th ranked Miami at 6.30 on ABC. And 18th ranked UCLA heads to Corvallis to face 15th ranked Oregon State at 7 on Fox. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center in Benton proudly offers compassionate and loving care to our veterans, meeting the unique needs of every veteran who calls Heartland home. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. It's kayak chaos at Arts Marine. Pick your perfect kayak from their large inventory and start exploring the natural state. Right now, get 20% off feel-free kayaks. We also slash prices on Moken 10 and Lure 10 kayaks. Your granddaddy trusted Arts Marine, so should you. Brett Michaels, Party Gras 2023. Saturday, December 30th, Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Event Center. From over 50 million albums sold comes the Poison Hits and Solo Hits Live. Brent Michaels, Party Gras 2023. Tickets on sale now at oaklawn.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. The pandemic is over, but COVID-19 is here to stay. In fact, it's still among the top five leading causes of death in the U.S., just after heart disease and cancer. So this fall, stay up to date with the latest COVID-19 vaccines, just like you do with the flu, because you've got no time for 19. The vaccine may not be for everyone. Please consult with your doctor. Brought to you by Moderna. 
Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. This is Pat Bradley for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in their Casasa checking accounts. With Casasa, earn up to 6% APY, cash rewards with no minimum balance, and refunds on ATM fees. Stop by Alcoa's new branch in Sheridan and visit with Kelly or Morgan and open a free Casasa checking account today. Experience the difference with Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union now serving Saline, Grant, Garland, Hot Spring, and Perry Counties. Online at alcoacommunityfcu.org. Ortho Arkansas presents the High School Scoreboard Show with Randy Rainwater, Kevin Bohannon, and Barry Grooms every Friday night at 10, only on 103.7 The Buzz. Brought to you in part by First Security Bank. There's only one place to stop for the best in meats in Central Arkansas. It's Hogs Meat Market. Check out their monthly package deals of the best meats online at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Trips left. That's into the open side of the field. Got a new running back in the game. They throw it short and it's intercepted. Inside the 25. That's going to be a touchdown. Arkansas picks it off. That is Antonio Greer. Transfer from South Florida. First action of the season into the end zone. Hogs are on the board. On 103.7 The Buzz. It's an easy Friday show here on Out of Bounds, and we know duck season just being around the corner needs you need to head over to Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart because they have the great deals going on, and they got you covered for all things hunting season, but especially duck season, which uh, last I heard was a pretty big deal here in the state of Arkansas. I know a lot of you know that. In fact, uh, Morgan Wallen here playing. Uh, he's gone down there to Stuttgart and done a little duck hunting himself. So here's the thing. If he's going duck hunting, and you know a lot of other big-time people have come in to the Stuttgart area to go duck hunting, you know they stopped at Max Prairie Wings because that's the best place to get all of your hunting equipment. And right now, you can receive a $2,000 Max gift card with the purchase of a Thor boat, motor, and trailer package. Or maybe you need a new gun. they got great deals on a few of those, like the Weatherby 18i 3.5-inch 12-gauge Super Mags at just $749, or the Stoger's STR 9mm, $299 each, two or more, just $279.99 each. And that's all at Max Prairie Wings. They still have the great deals going on with Muddy Skybox 20-foot double rail ladder stands. If you want to have the best vantage point, you can't get a better deal than that when it's on sale for $189.99. And maybe if you want to have the quality and affordability, they also have the Big Game Warrior 17-foot ladder stand for just $125. No matter what it is, you need to check out Max Prairie Wings today. You can shop them online at maxpw.com. It's Max Prairie Wings. The hunt begins here. Again, it's an easy Friday show. Appreciate Ryan Fowler joining us in the previous segment. And, I, you know, I didn't even think about this because this is one of those days to where I really don't look too much into it. But I know it's a thing. Today's Friday the 13th. Like, is it that, is. Is that still a thing that people, like, call it unlucky and whatnot? I guess it is. Or Isn't that the whole thing is it's unlucky? Yeah, they do. They okay. do. But uh, Baz would... Fair to differ. Is hopefully, it being his 60th birthday today. Yeah, hopefully that uh, has uh, no correlation, no relation to it. But uh, I keep seeing uh, a lot of posts and people talking about oh, Friday the 13th, and you know, being the spooky season that it is since it's October and Halloween, yep. kind of goes hand in hand. There's a connection there. Mm. They're showing all the uh, horror films right now. If you're interested in such, you can find that on pretty much every platform. Am I bad? Because I don't like horror films. Like. It's not that it, it's it's give or take with that. You have uh, and it's probably split where there are half the people that enjoy them, the other half that don't. I just never got into them, and I tried. In fact, the only horror movies because then there you got to go. Oh, is it a horror movie or is it a thriller? Like either you know, is it is it just a scary movie? I feel like there's differences. But I remember watching the original Saw. I actually enjoyed that one because I thought the the plot and the intensity was pretty good now they're on 10 yeah like X. yeah oh my gosh like how many how many more saws do we need well as long as they keep making money they're gonna keep making them but i think that's a horror movie like theme in general they like what was it nightmare on elm street they made 
20 of them. Halloween made a bunch of them. They want to bring the next generation up to form on uh, some of the, the movies also because they're still making Scream. Yep, Scream. Yeah, that's another one, too. Um, I don't, what was the ones over Jason? Is it Friday the 13th. Friday, oh, there you go. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Perfectly timed. Uh, yeah, so they, they that's a theory, or at least a theme that they have for horror movies. I also liked... Is The Shining considered a horror movie? Absolutely. Okay, good. And I did like The Shining. That was really good. That's pretty much it. I don't know. It's just... It's some of the movies, or at least a lot of them, I feel like are get kind of ridiculous and all about jump scares. See, there's a thing about um, Halloween also, because... It's at the point where you go see that just to see is this really the last one or are they just going to keep making them? It's like, yeah, it's like uh, you're just trying to see how long they can stretch the story out. And I don't know if it's maybe just because it's tough to come up with original themes as much for scary movies that are good. And so you're just trying to milk something for all that it's worth. But uh, I actually have never seen any of the Halloween movies. Well, the next. The, to last one, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's not like they're going to see it anytime soon, but uh, it came out within the last couple of years, so this is not the latest one, but the next to last one. Michael Myers is in a house that's on fire. He's on the bottom level, and there are no stairs, but somehow they make another film after that. So he was able to get out of that situation be able to make another film. So what are the theories? How did he get out? I can't even remember, but it's just that when you see that at the end of that movie, you're like, okay, this is it. It's over. And then two years later, nope, there's another one. Mm. See, and then they'll start getting to the point, and and maybe they already have, where they'd start doing prequels, you know, that are still part of the theme, but that way, if that felt like the ending, okay, well, that's fine, but let's talk about the, the origin story, or, you know, let's go back to where... This all went awry. So that's one thing that's unique to Halloween. They uh, they do that throughout some of the movies. Mm. They always okay. take looks back to see, you know, certain things that happen at certain times or how maybe this new character is connected to something that happened before. Is it Jimmy Lee Curtis in all of them, too? Yes. Okay. Well, at least they're staying consistent for that one. And she somehow survived every one of them. She's really good at what she does in those movies. Really good. Because uh, it was kind of the same thing with, I forgot the actor's name, whoever played Freddy Krueger, he like just played in all of them because there was going to be nobody. Robert in. England. Robert England, yep, that's right. I mean, Well, the newest ones he's not in, there was some. There was a new Freddy Krueger. Oh, we got a new one, okay, okay. But but Freddy Krueger, to the point, always survived. Uh, no matter what you did to him, he's surviving, he's coming back some kind of way. Mm-mm. Jason, same thing. Yeah, Jason just uh, had probably different actors for the most part, he just, you know, because he only wore the hockey mask and... uh is a hockey mask in a, was it an axe that he was known for? Or was it a machete? Saw? Machete, yeah. Yep, that's, uh, that's, that's the theme there, too. I don't know. I, maybe I should try watching a few scary movies this time around. I have, I've just never wanted to get into them. Maybe the originals, since I, I've never seen Halloween. Like, I've never seen the original Halloween. So maybe I need to give it a shot. See how it goes. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's a horror movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that one. wasn't too bad. I don't know. I just could, I couldn't do. I couldn't deal with it. Jaws is considered a scary movie, but it's not yeah. horror in the same sense. Yeah. See, that's that's where I feel like you can call it a thriller or whatnot. Because even like, you know, talking about Jaws, it's a little maybe the same type of thing. But even like Jurassic Park, you know, it's got some scary elements in it. I wouldn't call it a scary movie, but there is some, you know, dinosaurs and intense moments. Maybe more of a thriller. But that that's what it is. It's probably more intense than anything. Yeah. Because there are some like scenes of levity, for the most part, not always in scary movies. But it is that time of year. It's October. Halloween's coming up just around the corner. In fact, we're already pretty much through the halfway point of October. And uh, I know there's going to be a lot of fun to be had for Halloween and for costumes and for candy and all that fun stuff. But it is Friday the 13th. It's still an easy Friday here on the show. And we are going to be entering into our final segment of the day. It's three and out. So stay with us here on Out of Bounds. October 14th, the theater at Simmons Bank Arena. The Shock Rocker returns. 
Justin Aker reminding you that Serta Pro Painters is here to help you as we transition from summer into fall. And if you're thinking about doing something to the outside of your home, maybe it's long overdue, Serta Pro Painters is here to help. Have them come over, give you an estimate, and they can help walk you through the process of what it'll take to get it done. They can help you out with the color selection and everything else you need to get the job done right. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. For your home, for your business, get your place looking right with the help of my friends at Serta Pro Painters. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bring smiles to all when shopping online with Dell Technologies Gift Guide. Whether it's for the artist, the entrepreneur, the student, or the streamer, you'll find the perfect gift for everyone on your list. Dell.com slash gift guide makes gifting easy with a carefully curated selection of our best tech. Shop now to explore our innovative PCs like the XPS 13 laptop, powered by the latest Intel Core processors, plus this season's top accessories. Visit Dell.com slash gift guide today to get a jump on your holiday gift list. That's Dell.com slash gift guide. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success. Not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. We're back here with Wild Bill at Motorsports Authority. Lots of folks talking football, but we are talking great deals, Wild Bill. All of our customers are a winner right here at Motorsports Authority, folks. We're passing out the lowest prices possible for any vehicle that we got. We're passing out top dollars for the trades. We'll trade for just about anything as long as you don't have to feed it. And I'll tell you what, folks, we're having a great time right here at Motorsports Authority. In Russellville on East Main and Hot Springs on Central or online at msastore.com. Get here to Motorsports Authority. Go Hogs! Back by popular demand. Guatney Chevrolet in Jacksonville is letting you phone in your down payment this month. Instead of trading your old phone for a new phone, trade your old phone towards a car. At Guatney Chevrolet in Jacksonville. This month at Guatney, your old phone qualifies as a down payment allowance. Phone stores just want to trade for the newest model. Trade your phone for a new ride. And we'll give you even more value for your older phone. A current phone equals a $500 down down payment allowance. Flip phone, $550 down payment allowance. Brick phone, $600 down payment allowance. But bring in grandpa's old bag phone, that's a $700 down payment allowance towards your new ride. Plus, no payments until after New Year's. Everyone has an old phone, and everyone gets approved. 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville. 501-982-2102. WatneyChevrolet.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Kane is in the building. Their time is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours and we are boom out of here. All right, it is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into. A little sports story, at least some updates. Keep seeing what's going to go down with James Harden in that whole situation. But uh, in his first public comments since rejoining the 76ers last week, James Harden told reporters today after their practice that he continues to see no way his relationship with Daryl Morey can be repaired, while also saying that his plan is to, quote, 
play basketball, yes, for sure. And when he was asked if they could be patched up with uh, with Daramore, he just said directly, no. That was all. So I guess even though he's there, still no end in sight as far as repairing what's going on with the 76ers. How about let's hear from James Harden. Just to like the fans, man, it's like... I uh, just appreciate the support and love, and, and you know, I mean, this is definitely just a difficult time. But for me, it's just trusting, you know, uh, the people that you've known over a decade. Um, and you know, when I got traded here, my, my whole thing was I wanted to retire at 60. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be here and retire at 60. And front office didn't have that in their, in their future plans. You know what I mean? So, like, it's literally out of my control. Um, it's something that I, I didn't, I didn't want to happen. And it's just to be in this position. But you know, I, I got to make a, a decision for you know my family. I understand this is a business. You know what I mean? So, it's just as simple as that. You know what I mean? I, I come here today and work, work my butt off, and, and I do, do the things necessary as a professional as, as I would do and as I've been doing for 15 years. So he said he's going to keep it professional. He's going to be there for now, but. The Sixers still look to possibly move him, and he definitely wants to be moved. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the salary in hand, he's going to make about 36 mil this year. So they're going to have to balance that with other teams willing to take on that salary. Haley Cavender, one of the Cavender twins, she's had a change of heart. The Cavender twins retired from basketball, and they've been doing some work with WWE, and they had NIL deals that uh, they were bringing in plenty of money. But she's in the transfer portal, and she plans to play not this season, but the 2024-2025 season. She averaged 12-5, and five, so 12 points, 5 rebounds. Her initial reason for wanting to retire and step away from basketball was she knew that her twin, Hannah, was ready to move on. And uh, since then, she's had some time to think about doing things individually, and she had always played with Hannah, so that was why she wanted to step away, but... Now she's looking to move on and, and play basketball at another college somewhere and continue to play without Hannah. Coach Neighbors, get on that phone line. Start seeing. I'm sure she'll be affordable. NIL is probably not a big deal to, to them, and they probably haven't made much money in it. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure she'll be a hot commodity then. Uh, some other sports news, too. Which you know, Talk about the outrage mob over, over dumb stuff. Uh, yesterday, especially Pat McAfee, we know he's the highest paid daily host at ESPN. It's seventeen million dollars a year, somewhere like that. And people were were coming at him because it, there was a report that was put out that in his Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, which he always has Aaron Rodgers on his show uh, each and every week, and that's been a, a big deal and whatnot. But it was reported that he has been paying Aaron Rodgers once a week to come on his show. Gasp! Can you believe that? And he was, it was a New York Post story that talked about how he's been paying Aaron Rodgers seven figures per year just to come on the show. And when he was asked about this, Pat McAfee responded with, my company went from a valuation of $2 million to $5 million to a company that was valued over $500 million in just a few years. Everybody who helped us get to this point reaped the benefits of it. That's how business is supposed to work. And here's the thing. Obviously, you know, we're not having Aaron Rodgers on the show, but if we had the means here on Out of Bounds to we, we could pay Aaron Rodgers seven figures to come on our show each and every week, you know what we do? We'd do it. We'd 100% do it because that's part of the business. It's part of the job. And so to see people kind of be outraged and saying, like, oh, that's lame, that's weak, whatever, it's like, hey, that's part of the business, and it's brilliant by Pat McAfee because it's worked out for him in a major way, and it's also worked out for Aaron Rodgers in a major way. So as far as everyone goes, it worked out perfectly for both parties. Kesha was on X, and she was asked about um, being critiquing dating app profiles, and she, she revealed on X that she says, I have no idea why anyone's asking me. I just got dumped for the first time in my life. Can you blank and believe it? We're all blank. I was just making my profile as I was driving here. But she did go on to reveal, she said, I mostly want a sugar daddy. I just never had one. It sounds really fun. I know it's like anti-feminist of me, but I want one. So DM me. (laughs) So in other news, too, when we were talking about the playoffs and the Major League Baseball and how it maybe needed to change or maybe some people felt like it needed to change, well, Spencer Strider, 
He made no excuses when it comes to people, and especially Braves fans or some of the Braves media that are talking about the postseason. Uh, he was asked about uh, maybe having a best-of-seven division series instead of best-of-five, for instance. He replied and said, no. I think that the people who are trying to use the playoff format to make an excuse for the results they don't like are not confronting the real issue. Your control of your focus, your competitiveness, your energy, and if having five days off means you can't make the adjustment, you've got no one to blame but yourself. So for those of you that hate this playoff system and how it's done, kudos to old Spencer Strider, who comes out and says, zero excuses, didn't get the job done, the format has nothing to do with it. Paul McCartney's 1972 Wings Tour bus is going to auction, and this auction is going to happen between November 16th and 18th, and there are other valuable items on this auction. One of Eric Clapton's guitars, Kurt Cobain's guitar, and then items from Elvis Presley, Prince, The Beatles, Janis Joplin, Eddie Van Halen, and plenty more. Also, one of the cool stories, I, we, cool because I wasn't there, but uh, there was a video of a bear, a black bear, which bears are pretty scary within itself, uh, in British Columbia that stormed into a gas station and stole a pack of gummy bears. That was it. The video shows the bear walking in and very casually, just like you know, you would expect anybody to be walking into a gas station and checking things out. He just walks in, has the entire food assortment, doesn't destroy anything, doesn't knock over any shelves, just simply grabs a bag of, dumb, of gummy bears and walks out. Hey, he did steal. It's against the law, but it could have been a lot worse because I guess that bear, I don't know if it's cannibalism if you're eating gummy bears, but it seems to be his favorite candy because he had a, cho- a bunch of choices to choose from. Rudolph Isley of the Isley Brothers has passed away. He was 84 years old. It's believed he suffered a heart attack and... To give some insight on the origins of the Isley Brothers, Rudolph began singing at an early age in the church, and he and his siblings, Ronald, O'Kelly, and Vernon, they created the Isley Brothers when he was just a teenager. So a woman in Florida got arrested because she was throwing a sausage at a gas station cashier during an argument that ended up happening. She was arrested with battery and disorderly conduct at a quick King gas station in Ocala, to which uh, the argument has one side of the story and the other side of the story. It's probably somewhere in the middle. But as soon as they started really getting to a turn, uh, the lady grabbed a sausage from a hot tray and then threw the sausage as well as the tongs she was using at the cashier. M&M's will send free candy this Halloween to houses that run out early. And, of course, you have to be in certain areas, but there's an app called GoPuff. And starting at 2 o'clock... On October 31st, on Halloween, you run out of candy, then they will deliver through GoPuff for residents that run out early. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to Out of Bounds today. For Joe Franklin, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow. Oh, not tomorrow. Next Monday. We have a weekend, so you better enjoy it, folks, and stay tuned because we got Drive Time Sports. That's coming up next. Hi, neighbor. It's Garen with Shamrock Roofing. Fall is upon us. Don't go into the cold, wet winter months wondering if your roof will hold up till spring. Get peace of mind now. Visit shamrockroofer.com for a chance to win a new roof free. Jackalope Cycling is passionate about the Arkansas outdoors. To help you enjoy this beautiful state, Jackalope offers an array of bike rentals to get you on the trails. What about fly fishing from a bicycle? You can't 